Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he is my dad. And we're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. Let's do it. So I'm wondering, what is one of your favorite past vacations? Gosh, um, vacations were kind of one of our big things. We've yeah. had so many. Um, okay, I'm going to have to do a two-answer. Oh. I'm going to have to pull a Reese here. You're like me. Um, for Ooh. a family vacation, our, our Mediterranean cruise was, yeah. was the best. We, we went to the Mediterranean. We, we took the boat out of Venice we, then we went down to Florence for a couple days. It yeah. was it was the big trip of our family, of, of really the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, that was one of our big ones. And then um, your mom and I got to do a Viking river cruise, just mm-hmm. us. So that was probably our favorite couple um, vacation. So those are those are my two. Yeah, I I would agree that the Mediterranean cruise was my favorite as well, just because of the places you went. But for the sake of being different. You know, um, I'll say this is from my childhood when we went on the Disney cruise. Yeah, that was every kid's dream come true. Like you get on this ship and you've got all the Disney characters there. They're ready to hang out. They just want to they want to chill. We got to make uh, Flubber. I don't know. It's true. Yeah. You might not know about that movie, but if you do go check it out, Uh, it's really, really good. But you got to make Flubber, you got to play games, you got to meet Mickey Mouse, you got to do all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So for the age I was at, yeah, it was the best thing ever. Like I think it I was, was 10 roundabout. I think so. I think you were 10. Katie was around 6 or 7. Yeah. It was a great, it was the perfect age to take y'all. Oh yeah. And for those of you that are like, oh, I'm probably too old for that. You're not. It's, I would go on one tomorrow yes. if it wasn't twice as expensive as every other cruise line. <laughs> it's true. Disney knows what they got going, man. Yeah, they do. All right, so we've been talking about the topic of adulting for the past couple weeks. And the main topic of today is something I feel like we all struggle with in our world, and that's busyness. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. Busyness is one of those things that everybody deals with, even students, really. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen more busy high schoolers more busy college students Mm -hmm. you know it's not just adults but when you get to adulthood it's like you take the busyness of life and then you just multiply it yeah because you know either you've got the adulting responsibilities of like all right your taxes your insurance and all that stuff and then you've got if you if you're married if you Mm -hmm. have kids life just gets really busy so i'm wondering do you have any tips for navigating the busyness of life. Yeah, I think I love that word navigate because that's really what you do. I think people have a, they think, well, maybe one day life won't be busy. Mm -hmm. It it just is busy. Right. And it will fill up as much time as you let it. Right. Because we have a tendency to want to do stuff. And sometimes we keep saying yes to things. Mm. Um, so, So I wouldn't feel guilty about it. What I would do is start the process of trying to learn how to manage it. And through that, a lot of times you find out, okay, what can I cut? So I would say the first thing to do is to 
take charge of your calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't own our calendar and make it a regular job where when you look at a date, it's not just is the date available, mm-hmm. but is this a good time? Mm. Because what you want to do is look at, you know, how's the month been? You know, if your month has been busy every weekend and there's one weekend you don't have something on a Saturday, that doesn't mean fill that Saturday up. That's true. Yeah. What it may mean is take that Saturday off because you've had busy Saturdays. And I think that's something we have to do. We have to understand that our calendar is really our fault. Mm. Now, we all have jobs. Those jobs hold us in different ways. Like if someone does shift work and they increase the shifts, everybody gets overtime. That's a reality. You just got to deal with it. But life kind of throws those busy seasons at us. No matter what you do, usually you're going to have a busier season and you're going to have a season that's not so busy. And I think look for those waves of life kind of, and you want to kind of surf those waves. If it's a real busy season, understand, okay, it's, let's say it's the fall, your kid plays football, uh, your other kids in the band or whatever, that's a busy season. But maybe spring isn't so busy or you keep spring from being too busy. You know, you let them know, okay, we're not doing other sports. Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing uh, these kind of things. And you look for those busy seasons and maybe those seasons that aren't so busy. And really, that's that's on you. Yeah. Uh, The calendar is something that each one of us controls. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, people have made fun of us, your mother and I, when we were we were very much about the calendar just because we wanted to make sure our priorities got on the calendar. Mm -hmm. We weren't perfect. We didn't do it all right. But you just have to keep trying Mm -hmm. because to me, it's the only way to even start the process of getting control or you'll always be living in that emergency mode. Oh, we got to do this. Oh, we got to do that. And that can become a lifestyle for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Two, Two quick things. Yeah. One, from what you said, I think you're so right in terms of I think a lot of times when people think of a calendar, setting a schedule, picking certain days. I think we typically think of that as less freedom mm-hmm. because, oh man, I already know I'm going to do two months from now. Like I can't be spontaneous. But the truth is ultimately if you're living quote unquote spontaneously, mm-hmm. a lot of times you're just going to end up doing whatever's an emergency yeah. and you're going to flow from emergency to emergency to emergency. And you're like the things that you care about aren't going to get prioritized like what you said. Yeah. The other thing is I heard a great quote. One guy said, uh, we always think doing more is better, mm-hmm. but that's treating humans like they're computers. Yeah. When you have a computer, you want to have maximum efficiency when it's running something. Mm-hmm. Humans are not computers. Humans are not built to be on 24-7, 100% of the time. Yeah. I think the pandemic showed us that. You know, when, so. when there was a blurred line between work and home and everything felt like, like oh, you always have to be available, mm-hmm. a lot of people struggled with that. Yeah. And I think not only is the seasonal nature of life something to look at, it's not only something to keep in mind, it's something to intentionally put in your life. Because life was seasonal for most of history. You know, if you were a farmer, sorry, you can only grow in certain seasons. In certain seasons you're harvesting, and in certain seasons you really aren't doing much. Yeah, and that was important for the soil Mm -hmm. to rest. It was important for the farmer, mm-hmm. um, and and they planned around that. And I think for us, it's the same thing. We have to say, okay, 
No one else is going to be in charge of my calendar. Because if we don't, here's what happens. We get busy. And so we're either in two modes, super busy mm-hmm. or we escapism. That's true. You know, we're either super busy or binge watching mm-hmm. or video gaming or whatever to run away from the world. So there's no medium of just enjoying life. Mm-hmm. You're either grinding, grinding, grinding or you're hiding from life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a dangerous place that a lot of us live in. And it might be because we see, oh, if I'm paying attention to this world, if I'm paying attention to my life, I need to be working to make it better. Yeah. And so there's no such thing as real life leisure. It's almost mm-hmm. like that leisure time has kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. part of busyness. Yeah. Uh, I think one piece of advice I would give to other people, like this is something Emily and I really learned in our first year or two of marriage. Because we were talking like, okay, we've been married for a year. What's something that, that you've learned? And we both came to the same conclusion that the checklist of life mm-hmm. never ends. Yeah. Like, you know, when you have school, you have the seasonal nature of life. Yeah. Because whenever the semester is done, whether it's college or high school, and you have the summer or you have winter break, you ain't got nothing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're free to just chill, relax, live life. And then there's a definite start and end point. But once you get to adulthood, I think what makes life so busy is there's no such thing anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, you got two weeks of vacation. So uh, good luck. You know, if you want to split them up into a couple weekends or if you want to have one or two weeks, you know, there's no seasonality to it. And so the checklist is never ending. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the moment you finish on a project, there's three more projects there. The moment there's always something that needs to be improved. Always something that could be cleaned up. Always something that could be fixed and made better. Always something that you could do. The the options are limitless. And so the checklist never ends unless you say, okay, I'm stopping for now. Mm -hmm. That's what seasonality is. There's no more, all right, it's winter, we can't grow anymore. You know, there's always stuff now in our world today. So you have to intentionally say, no, I'm stopping. Yeah, and I think it's a thing of understanding that the, the people who, uh, who, who have the checklist, the checklist can be overwhelming. So you do one of two things. You, you run away from the checklist. You don't do anything. Right. Or you let the checklist drive your life. I've and, done both of those. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and as adults, you've got to understand that the checklist doesn't end. So you have to, okay, I'm doing checklists today, maybe not tomorrow. Or, mm-hmm. you know, understand that some things are just going to take time. You may not get everything done in your time frame you want to get it done, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can't make progress. And I think that's where we have to understand that progress and just continuing at things like cleaning a house. You're never going to get to the point where, okay, it's clean. I don't have to clean it again. No, it's going to be cleaning again soon. Mm -hmm. And, And it's one of those things that you could let that drive you where you become a clean freak. Right. Or you understand that, okay, it's clean now. I'm going to need to clean again in the future, so I'm going to wait till then, mm-hmm. till I need to do it. And that's, I think, a healthier balance of the checklist where it doesn't own you, you own it. You recognize yeah. it, you need it, stuff has to get done, you mm-hmm. have responsibility. But if you're not careful, the checklist becomes your life. Right. And it will drive you. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've, I've been there before. Yeah. Well, I would say this. Let's say you have that giant checklist okay. and there's just too much on it. Yeah. You know, there's stuff that you want to do. There's stuff that you need to do. There's stuff that 
you know, your friends want you to do, there's stuff your spouse wants you to do, there's stuff that your boss wants you to do. You've got this giant checklist yeah. and you don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. Like, like how do you nav- how do you navigate that part? How do you pare it down? How do you how do you go through that checklist in a way that's effective, I guess is how you'd say it? Yeah, I think it's your calendar and checklist, it's the same thing. Prioritizing yeah. and and intentions. You want to prioritize your life. What season are you in? That's going to tell you a lot of the decisions you need to make. And also, you know, what is your intentions with your life? Mm-hmm. And your intentions have to move into intentionality. That's when you when you have intentions, it's, oh, I'm going to do this. Intentionality mm-hmm. is, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. And with the checklist, you have intentions of getting the things, mm-hmm. but the intentionality is saying, okay, what's the priority? You know, I could I could maybe have a yard that looks like the best yard in the neighborhood, or I could have a yard that's cut and spend time with my kids. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where you have to pick. Okay, my yard's going to be cut. It may not be the best in the neighborhood, but it's going to be cut because right now my kids are young and they right. want me in their life. I can have a better looking yard when they're older or when they're gone. When I'm retired. Yep. And it's my full-time job at I know, that point. And that's what you do. So, <clears throat> so that's where you, you prioritize your life. You look at it. And it takes thinking, it takes planning, it takes doing. But again, like you said, freedom really comes from that. Freedom is not doing whatever. Mm. You know, you take a light, when it's just out, it's just light. But when you focus it, it's a laser Mm. and it's powerful. When you focus your life, you bring a lot more power to it for everything that you do. Yeah, that's true. And if... As we've talked about busyness today, I think a good principle to walk away with is like, if you don't set aside time to rest, yeah. Like if you don't prioritize that, if that's not something you're intentional with, as you yeah, say, it is. It's not going to happen. Because well, I think we see a lot of people today. That's why they get into things that are hurtful to them. Yeah. The escapism, right? Um, whether drinking, drugs, whatever. A lot of that is people just aren't resting. Mm. They're not learning how to walk in those seasons of life, so yeah. they just want to run away. And so those crutches become mm-hmm. much easier to live on us. I can be addicted to you know online video games because it's a form of rest for me. It's how I get away from life. Well, that means you're probably not living a healthy life already. Yeah. And you want to look at what am I doing to actually rest, which means to turn everything off, to maybe do something fun. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to cut into nature, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you have to go do a job, but maybe go walk, go hike, just do something different that kind of relaxes you. We think resting is sitting. Mm-hmm. It's not sitting. It's doing something where emotionally you're in a different place. Mm-hmm. You're not as driven. You're not doing that. It can be entertainment. That can be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But you don't want that to be the only thing for it. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I know for me, I'll just give two examples of things that are restful mm-hmm. or like recreational for me that yeah. are completely different. One, uh, we recently set up a hammock in our backyard. Yeah. So just sitting in there and being lazy, mm-hmm. maybe reading a book, maybe just listening to the birds chirp or whatever. I think that's what people typically think of as rest. Yeah. And that, that can be. If yeah. you're that kind of person, go for it. Yeah. However, on the other end of the spectrum, like one thing that I love to do is uh, like tennis. Yeah. If I can play tennis with my friends or my family or mm-hmm. exercise or even like board games is another yeah. good example. 
uh, those are ways to co- connect with others in the process. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to retreat to something that is only you, which yeah. there is a place. Like, you know, you can play video games. That's not wrong. Yeah. But you don't want that to be the only thing and to be the thing that you're always looking forward to in your life. Yeah, yeah. Because that'll, that'll take you out. And the other thing I think we have to look at, there is a correlation to the way we eat mm-hmm. and our busyness. Um, I think one of the reasons in America why there are so many weight problems is because I think fast food eating, restaurant eating has become a way of habit. That's a and good when you point. Eat out a lot, you tend to eat more. Yeah. They give you a big portion. Yeah. Well, I got to eat all this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's something we really need to look at that how you eat can make you feel good, it can make you feel sludgy. You know, um, when I was traveling last week, I had uh, I haven't had a Mountain Dew in forever, so mm-hmm. I got one, and and not long after that, I felt the crash, mm-hmm. and I haven't I haven't drank a Mountain Dew in months, mm-hmm. so it was just like oh wow I forgot about this part, mm-hmm. you know because you feel good for a little bit, but yeah. then you have the sugar crash and you're like okay note to self that's why I'm drinking the sparkling waters instead, mm-hmm. you know because it's something I've forgotten about and I think a lot of people live their lives that way and they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. And I, man, I've never thought about that correlation between mm-hmm. how you eat and how you live. Because like, you know, you think of like the Italian village, like the small town where everyone's like old and hanging out with each other yeah. and sitting on their front porch. But then the, like the grandma's spending three hours to cook the most quality food. Mm-hmm. Like there is kind of a correlation. Yeah, there is. I think there is. And I think there really is a correlation between busyness and a quality of life going down. I think so. And so the things that we've discussed today are just things to keep in mind when navigating your own calendar, when navigating your checklist, you don't have to do everything. Mm -hmm. In fact, you can't. And even if you could, you probably shouldn't because you're going to give up some things that really matter. Yeah. So don't be a slave to your to-do list. Don't be a slave to your checklist by learning how to prioritize, by Mm -hmm. learning how to plan ahead. You can navigate those things and focus and ask yourself, okay, what really matters? And set a time for the rest that would not normally happen unless you do that. So let's go ahead and move into our questions for the day. Uh, This first one is from someone who is married, obviously, and it says this. My wife and I don't have the greatest families, and we're afraid of having kids because we're scared that we're going to parent wrong. What do we do? Yeah, I get that. Um, I think a lot of people are in that boat today. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't have the best examples of parents, so they're afraid. Um, But I wouldn't let that keep you from having kids, because if, if you and your wife have the heart to, we want to be good parents... There's tons of resources out there right. to help you be a better parent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you say, what am I going to do, read a book? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's great books. There's seminars. You know, I mean, you want to find people who are quality. You mm-hmm. want to find quality stuff. But you can be a good parent. Um, that was one of the things I did. Uh, my parents divorced when I was young. And so I, I grew up with my dad being two states away. And so when I became a dad, I didn't know how to dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't really remember much. So I started reading books. I started getting mentors. I started finding people who knew things about parenting. 
and started just voraciously eating up everything they said. Mm -hmm. And I think you can do that. You don't want that to keep you from being a parent. Not everybody's, you know, called to be a parent, but I, our birth rate's declining. We need parents. Yeah. We need people who have good homes, godly homes, raising kids. It's one of the best things we can do for our world. Yeah. I would I would definitely agree with that. It's mm-hmm. one of the best things you can do for the next generation. Yeah. Uh, I know that our home was a big blessing to other people. And I mean, that's why we started this podcast. Yeah. Was because that it is so rare. But for those of you listening that are that have that fear as well, it is possible. I mean, you're evidence, Dad, and mm-hmm. I think there's plenty of people that I've met that are great parents that did not have good home lives, yeah. but they were willing to listen and learn and grow in that. The next question is from someone from a different phase of life. It says this, I'm about to graduate from college, and I'm not sure what I should do. Everyone's telling me to get a job, but I'm not sure where to start with that. Do you have any advice? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. We put so much pressure on people when they graduate college, you know, what are you doing with the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. And they're like, I I, I guess pay my debts off or something, Uh, you know? And so they don't really know. I would say, you know, yes, I think, I think getting a job is what you should do. I mean, you don't want to just move back in with your parents. Nobody wants to do that. Um, And you say, well, maybe I won't get a job that pays me enough or things like that. Well, that's a reality. So what you want to do is kind of start thinking about, one, what did I get my degree in? Is it something that I want to get into that field? How can I do that? Mm-hmm. Or you can. How, what if I want to go into a different field? Who can I work for maybe that can mentor me? Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is find the place, the right place to work. You don't want to just take a job for money, right. especially when you're just out of college. Now, you need money. Yeah. So you do want to get paid. You got to pick something. Yeah. <laughs> So I would say find a job either that's with your degree that you're into, that you enjoy, but find a good place to work because you're going to need someone to mentor you. You're going to need someone to really pour into you. Or you could do something that maybe it's completely different, like your sister. You know, she got a degree in social work, but wasn't sure about just jumping into the social work world. She's on the other side of the world teaching English. Mm -hmm. So there's opportunities out there like that you can find. So I would say, one, you want to figure out where am I at? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe talk to your mentors, your parents, and maybe start getting some advice from people. Yeah, I would agree with that. The only thing that I would add to it mm-hmm. is uh, somebody said this one time. It was last year on a podcast, I think, and I, it's stuck with me since then. They said, whenever you're looking for a job, think to yourself what you're looking for in terms of your phase of life. There mm-hmm. are really two major categories, either one I am willing to put in the extra work. I really want to work my way up the food chain. If, if that's the kind of job you're looking for, try and find something with a large ladder that you can scale and, you know, hey, if I get here, I can go here. Something where it's pretty clearly laid out that mm-hmm. you can move forward. Or two, really, the reason I'm going to be getting my job is it's something that I enjoy, but I want to live my life. I'm having this job so I can live my life. And so I don't want to take on extra hours. I would rather have very clear start and end points. I don't really care about working my way up the ladder. I'd rather just enjoy time with my girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse, family, whatever it is. And so keep that in mind. Are you really having the job just to live your life? Or are you really wanting to lean into the job to work your way up that chain? That's good. Um, That's something to keep in mind as well as you're looking for a job. 
Last question. Uh, somebody that just recently started a new job and they said, because I'm young, no one takes me seriously yet. I try to give ideas, but they just say, you'll understand when you get older. I don't know why everybody talks like that in my <laughs> brain, but they do. And they don't listen and they don't try and change. What can I do to get them to listen to me? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Depending on where you work, who you work with, some people, here's what's happening. Older people, either they're intimidated. Mm. So what they do is people who come in with new ideas scares them. Right. So they try to shut it down. Right. Um, what I would do is maybe speak less and just work more. Mm. What you want to do is earn the right to be heard. Mm. So maybe they won't implement your idea for everything. Well, maybe you can implement your idea in your area. Mm. And what you want to do is just do your best to earn it. And you say, well, they're shutting everything I do down. Okay. Then you be their best worker. You be the one who shows up early, you know, stays late, does whatever's needed. Because by doing that, you show that I'm committed to this place. Right. I'm not just a kid who comes in with these quote unquote fancy ideas I believe in this place because what you're doing is you're earning respect and earning trust. Right. So I would really work on earning that respect and trust by just showing them what you are willing to do, how committed you are. Then I think the doors will open where they'll ask your opinion. I think you're right. Um, I mean, the thing that I would say is right in line with that. It's one of the best ways to get people to listen to you is to listen to them first. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the danger is if you're walking in trying to share a bunch of your ideas, you might not be spending time listening to why things are the way they are. That's good. To why people are acting the way they are. Why mm -hmm. this problem or this thing is it has a hang up. It's always good to listen first and to really get a perspective on the problem. Yeah. A perspective on the issue, a perspective on the organization before speaking on it. I yeah. mean, it's the book of Proverbs. When they say, you know, few words is wise, yeah. you know, fewer yeah, words true. equals more wise. That's basically what Proverbs says. And it, <laughs> it's true. Like giving yourself time to really absorb what's going on before speaking can also be part of the journey, like you said, Dad, of building that, I guess, respect. Yeah, like you said, that so. reputation for somebody who's humble. Because yeah. when you're humble, people will begin to listen to you because you realize it's not all about me. Exactly. That's good. And, and I think that's an important thing to carry into it. But that is all the time we've got for today. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining us on this podcast. We appreciate it. We pray that you guys have a blessed day. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.